Hey, it's Chuck, man, on the line with me. I got somebody that I've been a big fan of his for a very long time, and hopefully you have too. I'm sure you will be. Uh, from New York City, I got Steve Conti on the line. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hey, junk man, and everybody listening out there in Internet Radio Land. Yeah. Uh, I'm good, man. I'm, it's uh, freezing cold here in New York, and uh, yeah, I wish I was uh, where you are right now. Well, you know, we're only we're only five and a half hours away by plight, as you know. So, but uh, hey, congratulations on a great new record. It's on uh, Wicked Cool Records, which we'll talk about in just a second. Uh, Bronx Cheer, man, this is great. It came out in November. And uh, every song on it is one of those, just, it's a full-on rocker record. And I like the way that you described, and I was reading a press release, and it said, you wanted to make a straight-ahead rock and soul album with New York Attitude. And that's exactly what it is. So, yeah. bra- bravo, man. It's, it's Well, thank, thank you, thank you. It's, uh, um, it was a pleasure to make, of course, uh, killer band on it, Charlie Drayton on drums from... Yep. Keith Richards, Expensive Winos. One my of my favorites. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some some great guests. Chris Spedding on guitar on, on a tune, plays a, blows a solo. And uh, I got some great um, soul singing sisters on a couple of tracks. And, and your brother John, did, too. Yeah, my brother John plays bass. Wow. He's an amazing bass player. Um, and, uh, yeah, what else? Who else? Um I'm not looking at the credits right now, <laughs> but but those those are basically that that's like the core of the band. Yeah, the core band. We recorded it was just a, as a trio. It was myself, Charlie, and and brother John, and uh, my co-producer Andrew Hollander plays some of the keys. There's keyboards on like three songs, mostly on the the ballads, like B three and piano, and um, yeah, and then I just you know called it. Oh, Willie Nile and uh, James Maddock do backups on a couple of songs with me and uh this guy craig joyner on saxophone or something what's got to be great for you i mean uh, for many that are uninitiated uh with with steve's past work you know you have been like the epitome of like the new york session guitar player rock and rolls guy you know you're like you could probably call anybody up in new york and say look i'm making a record you want to be on it and depending on time constraints i'm sure you can get just about anybody you want on this particular record that's what kind of a that's what kind of a rep you got as far as i can i can understand you're you're pretty right um you know i mean some some people uh well let, let's face it even if you're you know a nobody if you pay, if you, yeah, pay people, yeah. you can get anybody well there's want. always that yeah yeah your suckers walk yeah, money I mean, talks I, you know <laughs> i mean I, I have i know people who who pay you know great guys to play on their records and you know um well you know they pay them top dollar right i mean these uh these are my friends and you know i mean i i pay them something but they, they don't uh rake me over the coals so to speak well i love um, i know, love because i would I, I would do the same for them you know if they call yeah, me of and course say, hey steve come play guitar on my album but you know i mean i i'm happy to just barter you know like hey you come and sing on my record i'll come play on your record you know? <laughs> That's the way it's yeah, always been washes, done. Yeah, one hand washes the other, you know. Well, I love um, the fact that you that the, the basic tracks of it are, is, is a three piece band. Now, I, you know what? I'm a drummer. That's the way that I like to play when I like to rock. And it's the stuff that the the music that you that you do is very conducive to what I like to play here on uh, Junk Band Radio. Um, it, and it's right. just every every track that I've heard so far. And 
you know, again, you could add on to the people that you got on there that I like. I'm fans of all. I'm a fan of all their stuff, what they do. I'm a fan of uh, Little Steven, who owns Wicked Cool Records, which, you know, tell us a little bit about how you got hooked up with him and actually got this record started. Like, you know. Um, yeah, well, well, I met Steven back uh, in the early days of the reformed New York Dolls when I joined in uh, 2000 and well, I joined in 2004, and then um, we decided in 2005 that we were going to make a record, and we had a bunch of songs, and we started looking at producers, and uh, Steven's name came up. He wanted to produce it, and so did a bunch of other people, and we, we ended up going with Jack Douglas for one reason or the other. I don't remember, but... Um, Who's got quite a history himself of... Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and the Dolls worked with Jack on their very first album. And then, you know, that with Todd Rundgren producing, that was their first Dolls album. And then we ended up using Todd for the next record. But um, so I guess they kind of felt like, uh, you know, it would be kind of full circle, you know, coming back, first album back with with Jack, who worked on the first album. Because pretty much, uh, the so the story goes that Jack did a lot of the mixing of that record anyway. And, uh, you know, Todd was, uh, kind of in and out. Um, but, uh, so it didn't work out with Steven, but we played his new year's Eve show at uh, the hard rock in times square that year in 2005. And that's when I, the first time I met him and, um, we kept in touch. I saw him at South by Southwest few years, you know, whatever the next year. And, I gave him a copy of my solo record, Steve Conti and the Crazy Truth. And um, I didn't hear anything for a while. And then I happened to send, uh, I had a record out a few years later called Steve Conti NYC. And uh, it was more on the like rootsy, um, it was rock and roll, but it was, uh, it had a lot of acoustic guitars, mandolins, 12 strings, accordions. You know, harmonica. It was like very, uh, maybe a more on the petty side, even though it had some kind of punky overtones. And I had given the record to his wife, Maureen, who um, I do a, a bit of acting, and, and Maureen is a big in the acting community here in New York. I've taken some of her classes, and uh, I gave her a copy of the record, and she was playing it around the house. And Stephen was like, Who's this? She said, That's Steve Conti. He said, Steve Conzi, what? <laughs> why, why don't I know about this? You know? And uh, she said, yeah, this is his new record. And he's like, who knew? Who knew he was so good? So next thing I know, he was calling me up and, uh, you know, making my songs the coolest song in the world. And yep. I got a couple of those coolest songs in the world, like three years in a row. I did. Uh, which is what which is what he does on his show on uh, on uh, the little Stevens Underground Garage. For, uh, yeah. for anybody that understands it, when he really likes something and it's his song of the week, he calls it this, you know, whatever the. Yeah, it's the coolest. Yeah. The coolest song of yeah. the week. It's, yeah, so there's 52 coolest songs throughout the year. There's one one a week. And uh, I think I came in top five on all three of those uh, coolest songs that I had during that period. I had uh, OK DJ, which was from uh, the. NYC album and then uh, I put out a covers record called uh, International Cover Up and I had uh, somebody's going to kick their head uh, 
Wait yeah, a somebody's going to get somebody's going to get their head kicked in, which, yeah, kicked in. which has gotten, by the way, which has gotten major playing by me on Junk Man Radio. Just so you know, I've been playing that song a lot. So. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a killer version. I've, I've oh, yeah. heard a lot of people's versions of that song, and you know, not just because it's me, but I. No, nah, yours is my favorite. Uh, I don't know. I heard Joe Perry do a version. I've heard uh, the Rosillos. I've heard, uh, you know, the, well, the original Fleetwood Mac's uh, right. Project Earl Vincent of Valiance, Jeremy Spencer, but um, well, thanks. I'm glad you you dig it and you absolutely. Play it. Um, yeah, that was that was a cool song, and then um, and then Steven said, "Hey, why don't we do a single?" Because this is when back in like 2017, Wicked Cool Records wasn't uh, really, you know, he had like put out a bunch of like full length albums back in probably early 2000s or maybe even the 90s. And he had stopped doing that, and he was just doing like singles, right? So he said, "Let's do a single." So I came up with "Gimme Gimme Rockaway." We put that out, and uh, it was also a coolest song in the world. And um, and then this time around, uh, I said, "You know, I I got a full length record. You know, are you interested?" And uh, I sent it to. I finished it myself. Um, I just went ahead and you know got the guys together, got the studio you know, produced it with my pal Andy and um, presented the record. I said, here it is. It's done. Called Bronx Cheer. Here's the cover, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, well, you know, uh, we're a collaborative uh, deal here. You know, you have to be open to some, uh, you know, collaboration. I said, okay, well, just, you know, listen to what I got. I was kind of nervous that he was going to go, oh, you got to change the cover. You got to change the title and you got to change this and that. And actually, in the end, he went, it's great. Just like it is. <laughs> I'm, picturing, I'm, I'm picturing Silvio Dante face. Yes, of course. It. Of oh, course. Yeah, yeah, it's great, you know. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, I'm talking I'm talking to him on the phone. He's like, you know, this deal isn't for everybody, Steve. You know, uh, you, you got to be willing to collaborate. I said, I'm willing. You know, just, just give a listen to uh, the way, you know, I intended it first. And if you don't agree, then uh, let's talk about it. But. He loved it, but he did pick the singles. He said, uh, it's got to be these four songs. And it was Dog Days of Summer, uh, Recovery Doll, um, Those Sexy Lies, and Overnight Smash. There you go. Perfect. That Those were the, those are the ones I would have picked, too. Yeah. Right off the I bat. Picked, I would have picked Wildwood Moon. And in fact, I like that, uh, too. I'm, in fact, I'm going to, you know, because it's such a summary song, um, I don't know if I should even spill the beans about this, but I'm, I'm going to do... Uh, a single with that and then do a video for it great for the summer great because uh i probably won't have a new full length out by the summer with covid and everything that's going on it's yeah just, uh, it's just it, such it's, a it's, it's amazing it's amazing that i even got this thing out and done just in time i was just slid in right under the wire like 2020 uh in fact i had to go to europe to do a a stint with monroe michael monroe uh in finland in february and i just finished the record i finished my last overdubs in january of 2020 then i went in february over to finland and then the borders were starting to close and everything was like uh oh you better get home and so uh i i came home and you know sat home for two years pretty much and i had plenty of time to like edit and mix it and do everything sure. me and my, my engineer nico bolas he's in la oh, i love him uh, He's a great engineer. Yep. He makes so many great records. Yep. Um, and 
he and I just like mixed it by um, by the internet, you know, which is probably about the fifth or sixth record I've done this way, you know, not being in the same room with the person. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's well, that's how uh, it's done now. You know, that's yeah, it, it, you know, we have the technology. A, that's how you can do things now, which is a blessing yeah. to musicians because you know we're all poor. <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly is. And you know, I mean, I've even made, I've even written songs and recorded, recorded. Uh, well, so far not an album, uh, album, but uh, certain tracks I've recorded with other people through, you know, just just via the web, you know. Well. And, um, Here's a question you for know, you. Here's a question to you. Just for a moment, uh, you you alluded to playing with uh, Michael Monroe, who you tour with all the time. Uh, do you see yourself touring this particular record with uh, with maybe like a three piece band sometime after all this uh, this hopefully goes away, all this uh, you know virus and things like that? Do you <clears throat> see yourself possibly touring? Um, Dude, with a I would piece? love. I would love to. Um, yeah. And you know, first of all. I don't know if this is ever going away, you know, I, mean, yeah. I think we're, I think we're going to learn to live with it and yeah. Um, yeah. probably going to be like, you know, any other virus or fucking plague. Can yeah. I say, can I say a four letter word here? On of course the show? you can. So, you can say whatever you want. Uh, all right. Fuck. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> it feels good. Yeah, it's it? probably, <laughs> it's probably going to go, you know, it's probably going to be with us. We're probably all going to catch it, but you know, hopefully mild symptoms, you know, I'm, I'm vaxxed, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm uh, doing my part to help myself, my family, and sure. my fellow musicians. You know, we're all, we're all trying to. You know, I mean, you have to be vaxxed to, to play and to congregate. And, Absolutely. You know, so. Well, yeah, the, bo- the bottom line is, I want to be in a sweaty rock and roll bar watching you rock these songs out with a band, dude. That's Me too. really what I want to see. And uh, Me too, bro. do you actually do you see having time to do that in between your other commitments and, you know, obviously fighting the uh, the powers that be to uh, well, to do this? Well, right now, uh, I don't really have many other commitments. I mean, we have dates with Monroe uh-huh. uh, this uh, actually next month. We have something uh, it's been advertised, you know, the Monsters of Rock Cruise. Yep. But uh, it's less than a month away now. And. It's like pretty much a floating petri dish, you know, being out there on a boat. And uh, so I don't know. I don't know if they're going to cancel or uh, if we're all going to think it's not a great idea, you know. And then we have um, we also have summer dates that have been booked for a while, you know, were canceled in 2020. We had dates with Guns N' Roses. We had dates with Alice Cooper. They were all uh, postponed till 2021. And then 2021 got postponed to 2022. And who knows what's going to happen? So I may be sitting around for another year. I don't know. Um, But I I played one show. I played a record release party here in New York when the album came out in uh, late October here. It was great. I had... uh, uh, my brother on bass, my son joined me on stage. I had wow. a, a couple of girl backup singers, uh, Nikki Richards, who sang on the record, and another friend of mine, Bridget, who sings with Rod Stewart. Uh, it was just a killer band. Brian Delaney from the Dolls on drums. Oh, yeah. Burton from I want to see. I want to see this myself. And I live in L.A., so this is that's yeah. that's where my question is. Want to see this somewhere in the United States or you know anywhere else that you can go? I really am looking forward to to seeing it live in a 
freaking sweaty rock and roll room. So hopefully, hopefully that can happen, man. So let's let's jump into it, man. You know what? I've been talking about this record so much. I've been really looking forward to talking to you. Let's play some of the stuff. Let's uh, let's start it out with uh, with the first single, Recovery Doll. Um, you know, obviously, recovery is a big issue. Tell us a little something about what the song is about and um, let our listeners know a little bit more about it. And then we'll we'll just rock it. Well, um, I was kind of thinking about, well, first of all, the song had been sitting around musically for a while. I had um, actually presented it to New York Dolls and to Michael. And... Um, it wasn't called Recovery Doll when I presented it to the dolls. Um, but I finally hit on, you know, it, it's all about, as Keith Richards says, um, uh, what's the word? A vowel movement. <laughs> <laughs> when you're writing songs, you know, it's like, it's that it's got to feel right to sing. The words you sing have to feel right in the, in the, in the space where, you know, where you're singing your melodies. Right. So, right. Um, it was originally called I Want to Buy Me a Dog, which is a monkey song. There's a song by the monkeys called I Want to Buy Me a Dog. And I remember from my childhood, that's like, no, I can't do that. You know, I can't, I can't have a monkey's title in my, in my song. <laughs> so, but one day I sang Recovery Doll and I went, wow, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. Uh, I have to like think about it, you know? And so I just started thinking about, you know, Sylvain and Johnny and Arthur and, yeah. uh, from the dolls and Amy Winehouse and, you know, just all the, you know, all the casualties of, uh, of drug use. Well, I mean, you know, Syl and, and Arthur, you know, succumb to, uh, excess actual, actual, actual illnesses, not, yeah, not right. drugs, but, uh, um, so, uh, you know, and I sort of made a, I like to make like composite people. I don't like to write songs about one particular person because it just gets very narrow. And, and this way it's like open to, you know, I could be singing about, you know, your, your favorite artist or your girlfriend or, you know, somebody else. Um, so uh, I kind of left it open, but it's about a female artist who's, who's struggling with addiction and recovery as many people do. And, um, you know, it's kind of the, you know, the cycle, you know, you, uh, you swear it off. You swear, you know, if, if I ever, you know, I swear I'm, I'm not going to do that again. And then, you know, the next night you're like, Oh, maybe just one more time. You know, you never know when that, when that one more time is just going to be the end. I mean, it's, uh, I remember, I, I remember those, I remember those days. I remember those days, but, uh, well, but, but you're still here to talk about, I am, so, I am so, luckily some, some yeah, well me too. And some people aren't so lucky, you know. They say, exactly. "Oh, just one more try. I'm just going to try one more time and then that's it. It's their last time." And uh, you know, I, I know many people who you know, just trying that one last time, you know, didn't make it out. Yep. You know. Well, let's give and it so, a blast. Uh, let's give it a blast, yeah. man. Let's get gonna... so On that depressing note, let's yeah. play some up-tempo rock and roll. <laughs> how's baby. that for? But, how's that... But, but that's the thing. That's the thing. I wanted to make it, you know, a, a celebration, and rejoicing in in their artistry, not you know, yeah. get it down to like, oh, this poor person. You know, it's like we, you know, we appreciate the, these people. You know, they, it's their troubled souls that make such great art. You know. Yep. Well, it's a it's a 
it's a subject that everybody can relate to. So, again, this is uh, the first single from Bronx Cheer, which is a brand-new record from Steve Conti, who is on the line with me. And uh, we're going to blast it out. It's called Recovery Doll. Let's crank it up. It's Junk Band Radio. We'll be right back with Steve. Right on. go great love it love that it's a killer first track you know what if yeah you're gonna, if you're gonna get if you're gonna get uh an idea on what this record's all about that's the one right there and uh it yeah, just keeps going i love it man that's that, that's my kid that's my 12 year old son zaya singing on there too you can hear no him kidding that's him 12 years old well with uh with the two uh soul sisters nothing wrong with that 12 years old, yeah. he's singing with a couple of soul sisters on his dad's rock yeah. and roll record. There's a life. Yeah. I love it. I'm jealous. And, you know, that, that, and that wasn't Zaya's first uh, recording session either. Uh, he sang when he was three. I had him sing on a Michael Monroe song that I was uh, that I had written and <laughs> produced with uh, the band called The Child of the Revolution on Horns and Halos. Wow. 
I don't know if you know that record, but I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can hear him on that very slightly in the background. Did Michael? That. Did Michael show him how to play the harmonica? <laughs> uh, no, but he was, you know, he he was very little. He was like barely three. You uh-huh. know? So it was like uh, it was like herding cats, you know, trying yeah. to get him or hurting a cat. Yeah, exactly. Trying to, him, trying to get him into the studio and get him in front of the mic and. You know, man, there's just there's just so much on this record that I can relate to. You know, like you also, I was reading another thing too where you said that you you remember the dirty streets of you know when Forty Second Street was really sleazy. I I lived in New York area. You know, I grew up there and I moved to L.A. in 1982. So during the 70s, I was hanging out there a lot. And I was buying, you know, my all my drugs down there. I would take the train from Connecticut for where, for where I lived, and I would pick up all my drugs, and I would go back home. And I remember what it was like. There was a there was a TV show that called The Deuce that was on. Uh, oh yeah, one of the cable things that kind of touched on it, and it really got the idea of what it was all about back then, when it was just this really sleazy place. But it was total what rock and roll was all about back then in New oh, York. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, it got all cleaned up and. You know, and the music changed yeah. and everything like that. But this got, really, got, really brings it to me, you know? Yeah, it, it got all Disney-fied. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, when, yeah. When, Julia, when uh, Ju- Rudy uh, Giuliani came in, yeah. he turned 42nd Street into, uh, you know, a giant, yeah. uh, you know, mall. Yeah, you know, a big Apple Disney Beans store. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, and, uh, re- but when it was know, sleazy, it, it was rock and roll. And that's the point. And that's what this record takes me back to. And that's what I, well, I really, really love about it. So my uh, my sincere props to you for, well, for thanks, bringing man. us a record like this. And you know what? Most of your material that I, that I listen to, a lot of that does the same thing. But this particular collection of songs, man, I just I love it. You know, Dog Days of Summer is another one that goes in another direction about that. Um, that particular song, that's more of like a like a family song. In a way, yeah. Well, and and if you saw the video, you'd definitely say that. Uh, the vid- there's a video on YouTube for it that I made with my family. Actually, my parents, uh, my in-laws are filmmakers, and my kids are in it, and my wife is in it. But wait, let me go back just a second uh, to the sleazy 42nd Street. Sure, because uh, my if, pleasure. If you listen to it, the uh, second to last song on the album was called "My Degeneration." Yes, and. Um, that is basically the story of my childhood. I had the same sort of growing up. I was living in New Jersey. You came in from Connecticut, but right. I would come into New Jersey, and I would go to Union, Union Square, uh-huh. and that's where we would that's where we would get all our stuff from. Yep. And uh, you know the lyrics in that song are pretty much uh, word for word stuff that happened. You know, we, we the thing I would take the train. Uh, we would go to shows at madison square garden you know i'd see the who and yeah. zeppelin yeah. you know this was the 70s you know yeah and um and you know it was the 42nd street dirty movie theaters there and, and staying at the know, chelsea and, hotel for 30 bucks a night i remember that yeah. and pimps <laughs> everywhere yeah dude i actually and, saw sid and nancy copping from the same place that i used to buy some drugs at from the same guy i saw them and I didn't know yeah, who they huh? were. And a buddy of mine pointed it out to me. He goes, that's the guy from the Sex Pistols. I'm like, oh, okay. I must be in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, 
Well, so so that's that one song is very autobiographical. That's the one that Chris Spedding plays on. So uh, love him. Give that a give that a listen uh, next time. We'll keep that in mind. Now is he in, now is he a New York guy or is he a London guy? You know, I you no know, Spedding. Spedding's a true Englishman. You know, he's yeah. played with Jack Bruce and Elton John and McCartney. I, yeah, I still remember him from uh, Robert Gordon records, where he just was well, just killer rockabilly stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah, well, in fact, uh, you know, I I spent the past two years playing with Robert because wow. Chris rec- Chris recommended me to Robert when wow. he left uh, when he left to go back to England to play with Brian Ferry. What an honor! 90s. Yeah, and uh, you know, I used to hang out with Chris. We would, uh, you know, it sort of started out, you know, can you show me a couple of things, and then we would just like, yeah, I'd spend all day at his apartment, you know, drink coffee, smoking cigarettes, and. You know, listening to records, watching videos, Django Reinhardt, you know, and jamming. And, you know, he'd play his songs. I'd play my song. And so I guess he got a feel for what kind of player I was. And he had a feeling I'd be good for Robert. And, you know, to me, rockabilly guitar is like the ultimate um, for for the stuff that I'm into. Yeah. Like all, the different, all the different stuff, like early rock and roll. Uh Jeff Beck kind of flashiness, you know, that comes from Les Paul and people like that. And then uh, like a bit of jazz. That's pretty much rockabilly. And that's I'm into all all of those styles and blues. So uh, playing rockabilly with Robert Gordon was very uh, um, natural for me. You know, I, I wish I had been able to record albums with him. But Chris is still in the band, technically, whenever Robert records. So right. I just you know, go out and do gigs when Chris can't do them, you know, man. I'm telling you, it's, just, it's like watching all your rock and roll dreams come true, man. You seem to have been able to to play with everybody. And it shows in your music, man, all the influences that you've got. And that's why, again, I love this record so much because I know a bit about your background, maybe not as much as you've told me today, but a lot of it. And I could see where it comes into uh, into the songs that you do. And, uh, again, it's just it's uh, it's a great rock and roll record. And uh, I want to play some more, man. I mean, pick out another track, and we'll we'll play. And why? And tell us tell us what it's all about, man. Uh, well, let's see. I don't know if you want to stick to the singles. I mean, you could. Uh, yeah, sure, you know, why not? Any- you know, pick out whatever you like, and you tell me. You know, again, I get. Uh, I'll play whatever whatever the man wants me to play. <laughs> I'm my well, own I'm my own program director here. I got nobody breathing on my neck. <laughs> well i dog days of summer as you mentioned before is uh that was one that um you know i thought that would be uh, a great summer song yeah and in fact it, and it, is. it was released it was released in late august that was my thing with the label i said let's make sure that we put in the schedule to have dog days of summer come out in august because those are the dog days of summer and and you know it, it'd be very timely and the video, unfortunately, the video wasn't done until the fall. But um, that, uh, you know, that was a phrase I had been kicking around. I always liked the term. Uh, you know, it just reminded me of some big old hound, you know, laying in the shade. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, which you know I like to do in the in those lazy days. You know, when it's just so hot, you don't feel like doing anything. But uh, as I've said in uh, some other. Uh, interviews i also realized as i was writing it it was sort of about um you know slowing down a bit and, and watching my kids grow up and like zoom past me you know like i'm like oh man i'm just gonna lay here you know 
Dad, we play, you know, football with me. Ah, go ahead, man. You know, play with your friends. You know. <laughs> well, again, it's very uh, melancholy, man, and I really, I, I, I like the the. Uh, it's not a total change of pace, but it is a change of pace from the full on, you know, barroom rock and roll. You know, and it's a, uh, it's a great song. I just, I, I really enjoy it a lot. So let's, uh, let's give that one, a, let's give that one a whale. Why not? All right. So, well, there you go. Again, this is uh, Steve Conti. Uh, from his brand new record, Bronx Cheer. And this cool song, you're going to love it. Especially the intro, too. And uh, this is uh, Dog Days of Summer. And uh, we'll be back with Steve in just a moment. Enjoy. go dog days of yeah summer. i can relate you know what i'm in la so the dog days of summer for me are basically in november when the video comes yeah. out right so it's perfect <laughs> well hey if you, if you noticed at the beginning of that song that's my youngest son who's okay. going daddy i was daddy. yeah i was gonna figure I'm i thought that might be me. the one you were talking about before but yeah okay there's another son that's no, on that's, record no that's not the 12 year old that's okay. the, the, the four year old well he's six now right but um yeah, so uh, that was, uh, you know, that, that kind of summed up a bit of the, you know, the vibe of the, the lyric as well to, you know, have him, you can hear him, he's all annoyed. Dad, come play with me, God damn it. You know? And I'm just like, 
you know, when you see it in the video, you know, I'm kind of laying there in the, in the hammock, you know, and uh, the kids are all, you know, playing with the finger paints and they come over and they wipe their finger paints on my face. And I'm like, ah, you, you rotten kids. <laughs> well, again, and you I know take, what? We were both four take, years old too at one time, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, how was it so, with you growing uh, up? I know your mom was a, was a pretty, pretty famous singer and, uh, and I, I don't know really a, a lot about your dad, but, uh, you know, was it like that for you? Like when you're growing up, is it pretty much the way that you're the, the same way that your kids are where, you know, your dad's on the road or your mom was on the road or things no, like that? Not at all. No, not at all. I, I mean, what, you know, it, we were kind of a typical, uh, you know, seventies, uh, broken home. You know, the uh, it was when, you know, divorce was just becoming, yeah. you know, accepted. Right. You know, it was the early 70s. My my parents split up. I was whatever, 12, maybe. or And uh, and, um, you know, we were like the we were like the weird kids in town with long hair and divorced parents, you know, like everybody mm-hmm. else was like, you know, straight up, you know, nice uh, and brand new clothes and shiny you know brand new leather converse you know we were we were getting like used stuff from the thrift store you know what i mean because because <laughs> we had uh you know we didn't have any money because my my parents split up so my mother uh she couldn't go on the road she was uh she started like she had actually made a record when she was 18 and then you know had me like a, a year or two later and just gave up her singing career to raise me and then boom 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 i had three other siblings that followed shortly after and uh so she uh, after 10 years of marriage and the, the marriage split up she um went back to she had to work somehow she, uh, she wasn't getting a lot of money from my father who was not a musician but a, a big jazz fan he passed away a couple of years ago but um she uh, had to go back to work so you know it started in uh, like you know lounges and um you know, holiday inns or whatever, you know, like, but she always had great bands and they would rehearse in the living room and I would like hang around and kind of watch and, and get, get ideas for, you know, how it is to have a band and be. So a, that's a where pro. it started, huh? Yeah. That's really. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, she didn't go on the road. I mean, her road was like, I have a gig Friday night, you know, down at the Jersey shore. And I, you know, later on when I was like 15 or 16, I'd be like, Okay, Ma, have fun. As soon as she'd walk out the door, I'd be on the phone. Come on over, guys, get yeah. the keg. You know, and we have keg parties, and you know, yeah. people be burning cigarette holes in my carpet. And, sure. You know, the, uh, and you know, we have to air, it, open all the windows, and air it out. She'd be yeah. home. She'll be home at two a.m. You know, let's make sure everything is spotless. And she'd never know that anything happened there. You know. Well, there's songs. Uh, there's that songs would... to be written about that, and I'm sure you've covered it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So that was her. Uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, she, you know, she made a finally made a record uh, years later, like in, in the 80s. She went into Manhattan and recorded with some jazz superstars and um, lost the tapes for a long time. And then my brother and I found them and uh, we put it together and, and had them mastered and released as a, a record for a Mother's Day gift for her. Uh, oh, that's terrific. Ten, ten years ago. Yeah. Her, her album is called uh, Rosemary Conti, But Beautiful. Not with two T's, but, <laughs> but that's the uh, <laughs> that's the name of a standard. It's yeah, of like course, Jerome Kearns or yes, some, somebody. Yes, 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 absolutely. 
don't know who, who wrote it. So Johnny she Mercer. did. She did a lot of the standards on it. That's great. Yeah. So it's all jazz standards. It's uh, I think eight songs or something. Uh huh. And wow, um, what, a, what, a, what an awesome it's, idea. It's That's great. Yeah, it's beautiful. You can find it on Amazon, Bandcamp. Um, I think it's on iTunes and everything. So uh, yeah, check that out, and you'll you know you'll hear where I got my voice from. Really, I mean, she had been singing to me while I was in the womb, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I, I hear myself sing like older, uh, recordings before I'm like my voice changed. I was like, is that mom or is that me? You know, because, uh, the, you know, you get the phrasing and the, you know, it's just, it's in the DNA. You yep. know? But and you went, but you went straight into rock and roll, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I, but I did, uh, I did quite a few years of, you know, I mean, I would fight her in the be- in the beginning. She was like, "You should learn jazz." I'm like, "Now, nah, man, I'm you know, I'm a rock and roller." You know, yep. and then then the later on, like I started working with her. She kind of raised me and my brother to be in her band, and then we we got a taste of like actually making money with music. And we were like, "Hey, who wants to have a real job and we could do this?" You know, and but we, it required us to like know a little bit more than three chord rock and roll. You know, so. So we had to uh, sort of learn things like by ear and transposing songs like right on the bandstand. She would say, I'm going to do, you know, whatever, uh, Satin Doll by Duke Ellington in in the key of C. And, you know, we had to boom, we had to do it, you know, and we got good at it, you know. So uh, and and I went to school and and I studied. I took lessons with jazz guys and, you know, I was already a, a decent rock player. Um, and I had my roots in blues and rock, so, you know, I could already play. And then jazz just sort of like added another layer of knowledge to where, you know, I knew what to call things. I knew what to call chords. I knew what to call scales and my ear got really good. And I could, you know, I could pretty much tell you, you could bang a chord on a piano. I'll tell you what kind of chord it is, you know, it's, uh, ear training and all that. Um, so, you know, she raised my brother and I to be, um, good musicians, really. You know, I, I have heard a thing. It definitely uh, is a successful, <laughs> a successful uh, teaching on her part, right there. Absolutely, man. I mean, your music, uh, your music, and your brother's music uh, shows exactly that. So it's just, it's amazing. Well, thanks. I mean, you don't, you don't, you know, like you don't have to know half of what I know to play rock and roll. Really, you know, you just have to have you know, a good ear and, and I good imagination and ideas. I mean, there are people that don't know what chords are called that are, right. you know, great, great rock and roll songwriters, but you know, with the education that I got, you know, I, I'm able to work with, you know, the New York dolls and then turn around and work with Paul Simon. You right. know I mean? You can't be a, a punk rock guy and, and get in a room with Paul Simon and, and not have your head handed to you in five seconds. And you know? some of the other people that you've played with too. I mean, you know, I was looking back on some of the some of the stuff that you know, I did a little research into you under your back then because you know, like I said, uh, most of the stuff that I knew is about your just your rock and roll. But you played with so many different people. Like you are like the studio guy in New York. You know, of different genres of music, which I'm all about. You know, I'm a drummer. And I like to play just about anything. But man, I'm telling you, the people that you've played with before, Jesus, man, the list is a mile long. Um, it's amazing. Etta James, Charlie Musselwhite, uh, Carol King. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, a lot of those people were were you know they came through uh, 
this, I had a residency with my blues band. We had a blues band called the Hudson River Rats. And we played every two year, every, every Wednesday night for two years at this club, uh, the under Acme, it was a Acme barn grill was like a soul food place. And then in, in the basement, they had a, a great music room and all these people would, you know, it eventually word got out about how good the band was and channel two news came CBS and they did a story on us and Phoebe snow would come down and sing with us. And then Cindy Lauper and, uh, um, Willie Deville came down. David Johansson when he was Buster. You actually had All Bernard these... Purdy in your band. That yeah, Bernard Purdy. Right was, That's yeah, one of my Bernard favorite Purdy drummers was... ever. Yeah, Bernard was my drummer for wow <laughs> you know, for uh, a year or two, and then uh, yeah, so you know a lot of that stuff. Those people came and and we played with them. I didn't do a record with them or anything, but you know I had the experience of playing with. Wow, I mean the list the with list Edda is, and the, Bernard. The, and, yeah, I mean the list is amazing on the, all these people that you have played with, and it's just uh, you know not just anybody can play with these cats. You got to know what you're doing, you know, and you yeah. obviously do. So again, my my hat is off to you for, you know. Just on your career, I'm a big, big fan of what you've done, man. And again, you know, I'm a rock and roller. I like straight ahead rock and roll too. And this record is just, it's its the epitome of it. It's just, it's right. It's exactly the type of rock and roll that I like to listen to and play on this particular show. So, you know, you nailed it with this. So, okay. you know how I describe it? I describe it as, uh, you know, I only sort of realized this after the record was made, but listening back to it you know there's always a, a love for the stones in my music and the replacements mm -hmm. uh, and westerberg's one of my favorite songwriters of course mick and keith i love and and john and paul um as songwriters uh and petty mm -hmm. but um what i thought this record is like kind of stones 78 to 82 uh-huh it's like when the stones were reacting to punk with some girls yep. and emotional rescue but they still had their r&b and soul and blues roots in there so you know this record goes from you know like the human animal and liar like you to you know guilty and flying you know it's like rock and soul yep and that that's to me like that era of stones. I mean, most people go, oh, you know, Sticky Fingers and Beggar's Banquet and Exile on Main Street and Let It Bleed. Yeah, they're my favorite stones records. But um, but this one, I think, uh, is a bit more diverse. And, and it's, uh, got, it's got a big New York vibe on it, too, which is, you know, natural to you. But, I mean, you know, it's not something that just anybody can recreate in the studio and you have really really done that and if to, if you don't know what i mean by a new york attitude well you're just gonna have to figure that out for yourself just trust me i know what it is and you've got it on this particular record and i just uh i really 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 like it steve it's uh just a, a job well done and the perfect title well, too bronx cheer come on <laughs> thanks thanks dude yeah, yeah i was I was looking for a title and it just came to me one day. It was like, oh, now, yeah. And then that either, cover, yeah, right. and then the cover of the album was just like perfect. So yeah, it's either that or forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's do another track, man. Pick out another one for me. I was thinking maybe those sexy lies. I like that one a lot. I like uh, the one you referred to earlier. Uh, Gimme Gimme Rockaway is a great one too, and that one's got Clem Burke on drums too, huh? Oh yeah, see that—that's the one that was the single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in 2017. Oh, that's the other thing that Steven said. Was it? He was like, 
Rockaway's got to go on the album. Well, there you go. Like, really? Hey, I was like, really? That came out three years ago. He's like, no, no, no. Gotta go on. Gotta go on. <laughs> I can like, see his okay. face. Like I said, I'm looking at the Silvio Dante face. Exactly. <laughs> when he says that, nope, nope, nope. Gotta be on there. <laughs> I, I don't know, Tone. Oh, gee, Tone. I don't know. No, he, he, I love the guy. Me he's too. So, he is so brilliant. And, and uh, I'm reading his book. Have you read his book? Not yet. It's called Unrequited Infatuation. Yep, yep, yep. I know about it. Okay. Just haven't gotten it. I'm finishing off it's another biog, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't doubt it's that amazing. at all. I it's don't amazing. doubt that. And, you know, and, and I relate to so much of it because, you know, he's talking about the Jersey Shore, and I kind of grew up, you know, I spent, I mean, I spent most of my life in New York City, but, you know, for those formative years, like, you know, uh, I think nine, you know, nine or ten years old through, you know, my early twenties, I was in Jersey and, uh, you know, I'd be down the shore all the time. So all these places he's talking about yep. And, yep. and people, you know, I remember them. And, yeah, and, I get know, it. I'm I get like, it too. I'm, yeah. I'm a lot younger than him, but you know, it's, uh, he's, he just does the right, he does the right thing. You know, he's, He's really into education and, and, and bringing kids up with the right music. Well, and- his breaks on his radio show are so informative. I've learned so much about certain musicians and culture from him, just like what he says in between the songs that he plays on his little Stevens Underground Garage show. And all the other oh, yeah. jocks that he's got on there are all my favorite jocks. So it's just like everything that's on there is just uh, yeah. that he's done. It's all, you know, because of him. Yeah. You know, and yeah, uh, Mike, Michael Day Bar, yeah, and, uh, yeah, Palmyra, yeah, and Lenny Kay, yeah, everybody, Drew, they're all great. Everybody John that's on Carlucci. the show, he's even got Rodney Bingenheimer for out here on on Sundays too, which is just an amazing thing too. So it's just, it's just, it's a terrific thing, and I've tried to, I've tried to kind of ride on the coattails a little bit about that with my junk band radio show. But uh, if there is somebody to look up to, that's that's who I try to uh, kind of. Use as my uh, as my mentor, so to speak. Even though I never met him, but uh, just a really, really interesting guy. You must be so proud to be on his label and be a friend. Of yeah, his. yeah, that's a that's, it's a good model to uh, you know it's a good person to model yourself after if you're gonna you know. And he just yeah, I'm, I am honored to be on his label. And in fact, he sent me an email today saying, uh, you know, we're honored to have you. So I was like, ah. Uh. You know, God, you know, a little mutual admiration society going on here. Well, but, send him a uh, clip I, of my show and see if he if he hires me. <laughs> I, I will. You got a great voice, man. Thanks, I, man. I can't imagine that uh, he wouldn't, um, you know, find you engaging. You know, because we'll, uh, we'll have to we'll have to talk about that off mic. Okay, let's <laughs> let's let's uh, let's let's focus a little bit more on the record. You know, and uh, try to play another track off this. Uh, pick a track, man. Anyone you want, and I'll uh, and I'll let our listeners. Uh, Get another little taste of uh, of Bronx cheer here. Well, let's see. Um, the uh, why don't you play one of the more soulful uh, ballad? Okay, songs. guilty, guilty, which is uh, okay. it's it's not a single. Flying is was sort of a single. I made a video for it, but that's like a six minute epic. Right, and I uh, might uh, you know if you have the wrong uh, people tuned in, they might uh, tell us about guilty. On, yeah. But it's it's beautiful. But uh, I think guilty is the one. It's sort of a uh, uh, it, it's it's a it's a rocker and rock and soul really. You know, it's like uh, a twelve eight. Uh, you know, in drummers' terms, you know, right, absolutely. Uh, 
you know, like an Otis Redding song yep. or something. Until he tells the band to go play at double time, <laughs> which he had, which he has done. <laughs> but yeah, right. let's, let's give it a shot. Yeah, at the end, there's a nice rave up and solo, and the girls are singing, and it's, it's this glorious thing. So, uh, well, here we go. If you like soul, dig it. All right. Well, again, from Bronx Cheer, this is uh, this is Steve Conti and Guilty on Junk Band Radio.
Absolutely right, sir. You nailed that one in, in your description right there on it, man. So again, I uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, now, where can people find out more about about you? Uh, website and uh, Instagrams and Facebooks and things like that. Just basically look oh, up your name. Yeah. Or do, you, do you have anything yeah. in particular? All the usual suspects. Uh, you know, I have an Instagram. I have a YouTube channel where all my videos are live. Um, and uh, Instagram, Twitter, I'm either Steve Conti or Steve Conti NYC. So just, you know, you put my name into Google and put Steve Conti, Twitter, you'll find me. Or Steve and Conti is spelled C O N T E. Just so you E, know. that's right. It's, yeah. it's not an I. Yes. C O N T E. Yep. And I have a Facebook uh, music page as well. And I have a website, Steve Conti NYC.com. Well, there you go. Steve Conti NYC.com. Okay. Yeah, I seem to do less on the website these days um, because, uh, you know, most of the action happens on social media, it seems. There's more interaction there, right. so I, I tend to be, like, more interactive with people. I mean, I can't really tell who visits the website, and, you know, people don't really leave comments. Like, they, they do it on Facebook so they can interact with their friends. Yeah, I love that song. Oh, yeah, you love it too, you know. Yep, well. So, I've already uh, got a post I, out on mine. The fact that I'm talking to you today, I put it out on my posts on my my page today. So we'll, uh, you know, that's how it, that's how you do things now. It's not like passing out flyers like we used to do. So oh god, yeah, <laughs> licking and sticking. I used to call exactly, it. exactly. With, uh, get you the, know, sit there with with stamps and you know, oh, uh, get the paste, you know, the labels paste, and the paste them to the poles. That was the one, you know. And then the then the uh, the uh, the staple guns too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I got thrown. My brother and I got thrown in jail for that during Giuliani's reign here in New York. <laughs> Literally. Uh, no, they called it uh, va- vandalism. No, graffiti. Oh, they charged us with graffiti, and we we spent overnight in the Manhattan uh, lockup, central lockup. And luckily, <laughs> uh, 
my brother's one of my brother's uh, high school buddies is a big time lawyer and judge, <laughs> and he he got us out. <laughs> they caught us on a Friday night, and if this guy hadn't come in, like right away, we would have been in there the entire weekend. Oh no. Hey, you were one of them pretty rock and roll boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't want to do that. No, 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 no. no. Exactly. Well, Steve, I tell you, man, it's it's an absolute pleasure to speak with you. You know, and I, I hope to you again, man. I hope to I hope to see you face to face one of these days, and uh, hang out and just you know talk rock and roll and watch you rock, dude. It's just a really, I'm a I'm a fan, and uh, that's what I like to play on my on my show is uh, stuff that I'm a fan of, and your music I have for quite some time, and this particular record. Again, is uh, has been one of my favorite records. So, um, well, thank you, man. And uh, I'm well sure, done. I'm sure when we uh, get through this COVID thing, um, you know, I plan on uh, getting out to Chicago and LA. Even if I just fly out there myself and put together a bunch of local guys to do some gigs, but I have lots of friends in LA Good. who I could easily put a band together with and like go. You know, everybody does their homework, and then we go. We hit in a re- rehearsal studio uh, for a night, and then we go out and do gigs. You know, well, I'll keep my ear to the I, ground, man. I always do. You know, again, I uh, I try to I try to find out who's where and things like that. So, you know, hopefully, all this uh, things will stay open and continue to be opening a little bit for uh, for live rock and roll, so I can uh, I can watch you rock. So. I, I sure hope. Well, hang on the line for a minute, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna close it down with uh, you know what I gotta play. Gimme, gimme, Rockaway, simply because it's just you know Rockaway Beach. You know, yep. you got Clem Burke on drums. This this has got to be played here on Junk Band Radio. So, again, uh, Steve Conti, go find him out there. And uh, again, the record is called Bronx Cheer on Wicked Cool Records. So go get it. Trust me, it's Junk Band approved. Hang on the line, Steve. And uh, here we go with Gimme, Gimme, Rockaway. <laughs> It's Junk Band Radio. Thanks, Junk Band. Yeah. Thank you, man. See y'all. Tough is life. Back on the beach again. Just a sunny day. Got no tan. Rocking my leather, man. New York to L.A. Surf is up. We're pounding the pavement tonight. We're gonna play. Ooh, give me, give me rock away.
Junkman Radio. Yup, gimme, gimme, rock away. Steve Conti, again, from the Bronx Cheer album on Wicked Cool Records. My thanks to Steve to calling in to Junkman Radio and talking all about that record and a lot of other things. Go check it out, man. Go uh, look him up. Go buy the record. You'll be glad you did. Definitely, again, Junkman approved. <laughs> 